part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. kitchen table uh luke and mandy are here it's late at night we have a pile of puzzle pieces in front of us it's not distracting at all we are probably it's probably going to be me talking to them while they do a puzzle (laughs) is what's going to happen tonight and i know juan and i already talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast but i've been assembling furniture luke and attempting uh, and i hurt myself quite a bit when I'm doing these projects. And last night we were putting a bunk bed together, which I was relieved to see that it was going to be, it looked like an easier process than the Murphy beds that I was assembling mm-hmm. prior. And I went to put, this is step one of the bed. So I had literally just unboxed it, laid out the pieces, mm-hmm. step one. There was a uh, board that needed to fit into another board. And as I was putting them together, my hand slipped and I smashed my fingernail up against that wood. I wasn't manipulating a tool of any sort. I wasn't trying to put any sharp things in there. I was just taking two pieces of wood and connecting them together. And I smashed my thumb, split the nail, made it bleed. Mm -hmm. Step one. Joe said that when you got to the end of your one of those projects you didn't have the screws left that you were supposed to have because mm-hmm. you used... Right, because we I used the wrong screws mm-hmm. to put the rolly things on. And Joe's already told you that? Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> just like a day ago that we did that. And the word has already gotten out that we have... Well, in you know, uh, he was there, so he was looking at the same instructions. Oh, okay. So it's not like... You made it sound like he came into this late and you had already messed up. Well, I had started putting the bed together. It was, okay. but, but he was there for enough of it that he, he also put the wrong... But yeah, it was my... Anyway, but he at least didn't hurt himself. I have already sustained multiple injuries doing this. It's not even heavy construction. It's just putting furniture together and... Anyway. It's a labor of love. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we got another bed to go. But uh, Peaches is here. She's... Have we told Carl that... Um, no. All right, so Unless you... Unless Carl listens to skews. Mm-hmm. So Carl's got, out of the loop. We got big news, Carl. Would you try to sound I a little... I got a puzzle in... piece in. <laughs> <laughs> But that's not all she's assembling. Not the news. I do not understand how you can even do puzzles. I look at all of these pieces, and Peach will like pick up two pieces and just know that they go together. Luke Luke likes them too. I Mm -hmm. do like puzzles. You have to ignore the spread and just focus on whatever color or shape you're looking at or looking for. Um, I don't. 
I don't get it. All right, so Carl, we have some news. Are you are you going to tell him? Are you are you even in this? Are I'm you trying to figure out which one is mine? Are you present post. tonight? Peach? No, I'm sick. I don't feel good. Tell Carl why you're sick. <sighs> because it's my husband's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I will gladly take the blame. <laughs> he will because he could not be happier. <laughs> <laughs> another another little podcast ninja. We got a little another little baby on the way. A little another little McBaby as we call them. Um, I, I went to get her set up for her uh, OB first OB appointment, and so I found out where the office was because I work at the hospital. And I walk in, and the lady at the counter. Was like she must have been so certain in her mind that I was not in the right place <laughs> I, because because you know her right no oh no, okay it's been years and years since I've had to talk to them um, but yeah it's like I've, I explained hey we're ten weeks need to establish care with you know, with this physician and she was just like what for who for what because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there I know it, it was it was a good couple of minutes why are you she here was like, was like, oh it's it's for your wife, your like, wife, not you. Obviously, yeah, yeah. It was, it was bizarre. <laughs> well, is it in this day and age? Is she? Does that put her on the spot? If you come in and start asking about OBGYN things, does she have to go? Possibly. Wait a minute. What if he's? I don't feel like I give off that vibe, but yeah, no. Mm. It was. Weird. They still have the policy has to be that they have to be careful all the way around, right? Because well, if they it's, offend it's somebody, also the way we handle it now is that. That we have a call center now at a different hospital. So when mm-hmm. you call a number, it, it doesn't even ring to their office. Everybody, Somebody else sets it all up. And so for somebody to walk in and establish care is, is already kind of odd, mm-hmm. let alone, you know, a dude doing it for his wife. Right. So. And we've already kind and of I'm said before. I'm not the before, best communicator, but I was aware of that. <laughs> and I thought I was go doing in good. And, he's not one to go in and say, for instance... We have worked with Weber before. My wife is pregnant with our fifth. I said I've we got, were with he Star. Would, you probably didn't say any of that, yeah. did you? I said we were with Star. We, I know he's retired. Now we we is a pronoun, him. though. Like, if yeah. you didn't ever refer to my wife is pregnant, she is 10 weeks. <laughs> you say we, it's very odd. And then, and then, yeah, to say not only that, but we, we also know that if we try to call, like the number we used to have, doesn't ring in the office anymore. Right, right. And so we know that it's actually a huge pain to call down to Indianapolis in order to try to get scheduled for something closer to home because right. they always, they forever want to schedule you in an Indy. hour away. Right. And so you have to fight. And then, according to Tabby, they say they don't have the ability to schedule for ultrasounds with radiology in mm. Tipton. So we're going to have to special requests that are our doctor directly order an ultrasound at Tipton or else we will have to drive. They have a machine at Tipton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. A perfectly good one. How can they not schedule that? I've had it on my abdomen several times. <laughs> so. <laughs> not the whole machine. Can confirm. Just the wandy part. Yeah. Not the whole <laughs> the ultrasound machine. Part. Yep. Uh, it's, the wandy part. You know the part I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the, the wandy correct part. Term. That's what we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, they act like it's not an option anymore because all the doctors travel 
they are actually from Indianapolis, yeah, and they we only know the come scoop. a couple days a week. And that's why I feel that I can bulge into their office and be like, hey, let's mm. stop hiding. Right. right. But first he has to walk across the parking lot where they used to be, <laughs> realize that that is now a foot doctor, turn around, go a back. A podiatrist, I believe, yeah. is, the, is the correct. Yeah. And then wander around inside his own hospital for a few minutes. <laughs> Where is this office? <laughs> yep. I'm, I glad, I texted, I'm glad I'm not the only one that gets lost in hospitals. I'm glad the actual employees of the hospital our are also could not be confused. Smaller, I texted my sisters and was like, why did nobody tell me his office is no longer across the street and is actually in the proper hospital now? And they were like, that happened like five years ago. And, and how old is Silas? Six. Uh-huh. So checks out. Yeah. But yeah, I I am leaving it up to Luke as far as all of it. Doing all of the actual harassment birthing. of the medical. Doing all, all of the birthing and Well <laughs> that's breathing. literally the only part I'm going to do because I'm I already I'm over thirty five and so I'm already prepared to have everybody remind me that well, you know, there's an increased you're risk, risk of this now and increased risk of that. And yeah. do you want to do Genetic testing, and do you want to have an ultrasound every 30 seconds? And do you want to have this amnio? Do you want to have a monitor hooked up to you right now? Right. And maybe go to bed. And They'll want to do stress tests. Yeah, they're going to want to. I told Tabby, because we were talking about it. I said, I'm already aware that, like, things that happened in my first four pregnancies, that they were like, well, we'll just keep an eye on it. Now it could be the exact same thing, and they're they're going to be like, well, well we really want to as keep a an precaution, eye we need to do this extra thing. Right. I was like, if my, you know, glucose level is just slightly high, they may send me for the longer test. Or if my blood pressure is just slightly elevated, they used to ask, like, well, you know, is it normally this high? And I'd be like, no, and they'll be like, okay, well, all right, we better roll you up in bubble wrap and put <laughs> yeah. you to bed and. So feed you intravenously. And I just am not excited about, I'm not excited about that. I'm not excited about having them poke and prod and basically, cause they're bored. Like they have you. nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. There's no <laughs> There's nothing to do in Tipton except poke pregnant women. Well, there's nothing for a OBGYN to do until it's time to actually deliver the baby. There's nothing they can do because here's the thing. If they were to discover like a genetic abnormality or something that w- required like serious concern, Mm -hmm. they would have to pass it on to a specialist then. And then it wouldn't even be the doctors I'm currently seeing who would be involved anymore. And so the people... they can run tests. Can't they make charts? Can't they print out some colorful charts? They've already done that. They already have all their worksheets on their in their uh, pamphlets in the office. There has to be something else they can print and hand. I don't think so. Really? One time you have all of the paperwork. One time I went for a routine, like one of my weekly checks where they they have you pee in a cup and they check for protein and things. But but he doesn't do that. Like just his nurse does that. So he came in to talk with me and he's like, Well, I got any questions? And I'm like, Do I ever? And he's like, Nah. And he goes, (laughs) (laughs) Well then Well he goes, Oops, I butt dialed my son and it starts ringing and he's like well, I guess we're going to talk to him. And we literally called his son in Israel <laughs> during my appointment. I sort of remember that. Yeah. I sort of maybe tell me that story. He was like, oh, I forgot it's Shabbat. He was like, Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> and like, <laughs> talk to his son and his grandkids right. in the office while I was sitting on See, the table. See, that wouldn't have happened if you yeah. hadn't had that appointment. But I'm saying he doesn't have anything to do. They right. don't have anything to do until it's baby time. And I've only had my actual OB deliver my child once. One in four. 
It seems, what is it, a nurse practitioner that does the rest? No, it's an on-call doc. So if my doctor is not the one on call when I check in, I see. and he doesn't deliver. I so. just learned in a meeting today that OB services are basically a neutral, like you make a little bit of profit, but not much at all. They're just something you do to meet a population's needs, but it's not really a moneymaker for the hospital. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have got that. I, thought, I would have thought... Well, they really can't say, a hospital really can't say, no, we just, we don't deliver babies here anymore because it's not profitable yes, enough. Yes, Tipton, Tipton does not deliver babies. A lot of hospitals That's don't why have I have to drive to Indianapolis for the actual delivery. So you got to go all the, what, to North, to mm-hmm. down there in to Carmel. Uh, Carmel. Yeah. yeah, so it's, I just, all I'm saying is there's really nothing that needs to be done from now until the baby and so comes now we have until you start having contractions. We have eight months of reminding them that no, we're not going to do this extra thing, right. and this extra thing, and this extra yes, thing. Yes, I know I'm old. Please <laughs> so ignore you're that. Cranky. Yeah. Please pretend that I'm still 25. Treat me like I'm 33 instead of it's 36. 36. <laughs> Please. So, so that's the news. Be happy for us. Uh, Carl's going to be happy. Carl's happy. We, uh, we, there's a couple things we could discuss, but I think that we should we should come to uh, terms with moving forward whether or not we're ever going to do shows for pagans again. <laughs> what say you, Peach? I don't get calls from pagans usually. Okay, like so it's me. I'm the me. one who has to stop booking <laughs> yes. shows for satanic ritualists when people call me through the website they already know that you're a christian comedian they already know how toxic and they're not usually looking for a neutral like they don't they aren't going to be like what you believe in jesus well that's a deal breaker for us so it's not i don't talk to people who aren't already like most of the time people are going to say something like is it possible for him to give his testimony or would he be willing to say a few encouraging words about about the <laughs> about Lord? God. Right. They will. They, they are okay. not the speakers, right. you know. So it is me. It's a, The problem is me, right? Well, there are still people who identify as Christians who would then get mad at you and be like, well, he's not Christian enough, and then they might cancel I have been you. canceled by no less than two uh, religious Christian uh, schools, educational one of them in schools yeah one of them was in i don't want to say but they were both in the state of indiana right the no, college that doesn't count those aren't even schools they don't count <laughs> that's what i'm saying they're, of course they're schools <laughs> no colleges are just indoctrination camps now that's not <laughs> no but they would identify yeah. as christian you get no credit it for wasn't that. the school that we had the contract with though it was a it was a non-profit it was like a pregnancy center mm-hmm. or a family center and so that that does count as a Christian behaving badly. And I said as much on the phone. I was like, look, you know, I can't wait for the day when you are as embarrassed to cancel a brother as you are embarrassed to have a guy who's pro-family and pro-life and, you know, anti-LGBT on the docket. Like, I can't wait until you're as worried about people calling you and being upset that you canceled a professing Christian as they are upset that you're going to We're invite probably him. a few years away from it's, that. Right, but you know. I might not even live to see that day. 
That's what I said. Because I'm way past 36. And he didn't really <laughs> have an answer for that. I mean, I think that he was genuinely conflicted on a personal level, but it was bigger than he was. And, he, you know, the board was antsy and things like that. But that was that was the one time that I was talking to a person who seemed like he actually knew where I was coming from and, and felt like he might actually agree a little bit. But but talk on it. But look where we are. Look, we're, we live in this world now. Right. But... The other times have been nonprofits that were like theater groups for public schools. It's like, of course, they're going to be right. pro-gay. Of, of course, they're right. brainwashing their students. Gosh, with I forgot. I forgot about that. <laughs> right. When when did they cancel us? Like a long time ago. Right, but but I don't remember why. Twenty fifteen, exactly. because the guy from France called. No. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there was an, a campaign, a small one, but big enough to scare the pants off of some churches. That but. was the same reason that I got canceled from that second school, too, that, that Catholic organization that I was going to do a show right. for. Right, because a guy decided to call the, down your list of scheduled shows in the future and be like, did you know that John Brandon is Satan himself? And the churches <laughs> were like, thank you for letting us know. We did not know. This is important information. He hides it so well. <laughs> But that probably checks out. Yeah. We Mr. just thought French he was really man. funny and a nice guy. We're just going to take your word for it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's literally that's literally what happened. He started getting canceled because. Yeah. So I'm just saying I'm tired. All I was saying was I'm tired of being the ones waiting to be canceled. Right. That was what you said. I want to be more proactive in letting people You want to know. cancel them before they even book the <laughs> well, show. Yeah. It's like I'm tired of giving the subliminal message that we're just waiting for your approval. Like if you call us, you're supposed to be asking if we will do a show for you. Right. And so then to... So then to call back later and be like, oh, actually, we're going to disinvite you. We're not inviting you anymore because of right. this other thing. Because it's this like, other thing. Well, if I had known you were that way, I wouldn't have agreed in the first place. Right. Because, again, right. this is not my opportunity to impress you. You are supposed to be pitching your event to me to find out if we were interested in joining. Well, nobody thinks of it that way, though. Nobody. Yeah, that's how they call. Nobody thinks that's so. literally how they call. We don't know what the process is. We don't know what the what you know if he's even available or if he would do that sort of thing. People we don't know if he would like stoop that. to attend our. We only have a couple hundred event. people. We don't know if he would if that's small, if that's too small, or it's a Christmas party, or it's an office party, or it's a whatever. And so, right. does he even do those? They're always coming to ask whether you would even be interested in such and such or this and that. And if that's how they're approaching it, then I do my best to work with them. But if they're coming to me like, mm, this is an interview for you. We want to make sure you're willing to check all of our boxes. It's like, we're not. <laughs> we're not. No, thank you. Because I know I, I am not going to be nearly as concerned with what your audience thinks as you clearly are. Well, this one, this most recent one, Carl... What kind of blindsided me because this was not a out of the blue. This was a charity organization. And this is why I want to have the conversation. This is a charity organization that I have done work with in the past several. I've headlined a couple of their events. I featured one of their events and I've done workshops for them. And they're not specifically a Christian organization, but that's why I, th I thought that the uh, that your take was interesting because it's like he called, he called me last week and said, 
the gig is yours if you want it. We would we want you to do it. And then he even asked, does that sound okay to you? So he was he was right. he was asking, does this will this work for you? Right. And I said, yes, it will. And so it was you were gonna give him a call and iron out all the details. And then the next day, I don't think you even talked to him, did you? No. Yeah. The next day he called me up and said that the board, one of the board members went to my website and doggone it, I'm very sorry, but he he read your blog and he said that we're not allowed to book you. And I s- dug a little bit and I said, well, can you tell me what he read specifically, specifically what the problem was? And he said, I don't know specifically what the problem was. It had something to do with LGBT. And I said, well, of course it did. Um, right. And... But and their website so, literally says we, you know, don't discriminate based on the gender and, you know, right. identity and things like that. I mean, they're talking, you can tell from their language that somebody who started this organization, you know, 50 years ago was probably, par- it was probably parachurch. And now they care very much about inclusivity, which means they're not Christian. And when a group, when a, a um organization is not explicitly Christian, they are moments away from being anti-Christian. That's just the reality. And I know that there are still mostly old people, mostly old church people, who still like the idea of being able to stand shoulder to shoulder with people who have the same mission, even if they don't have the same faith statement. That's over. It's over. You cannot go and and volunteer in a non-Christian organization. They don't love Jesus. That should matter to you. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> that. That's why the conversation has merit because I was of the opinion that this is a this is a quote unquote good cause. But even as I was, even as I was saying those words, I thought this is contradictory to some of our recent conversations that we've had about how it's really not possible to do good if you don't have the spirit, and it's awkward and uncomfortable to have to say that, but I think it's the truth. And so if these, and, and you know how it's going to come off if these people, right. if they say, well, you don't think we're doing a good job here? You don't think we're helping these these poor, depraved, downtrodden mm-hmm. people? And it's That's like, right. no, I don't. I think that you're actually doing harm to them. Right. And I know, I think it's going to come across exactly like it come across when some arrogant board member says you're not good enough to come and do this show. Well, exactly. You're not a good enough person. And it's like, well, the feeling is mutual. I right. do not think that you're a good person. I think that you are giving kids money when they need God. I think that you're trying to you're trying to make sure they have a home, which would be great, except you're you're literally giving them the message that material wealth is more important than spiritual health. And it's obvious because these kids are not okay. And you could throw millions of dollars at them and they would still not be okay because the damage being done is deep in the heart. Well, and that's all of that is true. But on top of that, the reason that I got canceled had nothing to do with the charity itself. It had everything to do with the personal biases and no and hatred. No, but of there's a reason members. that that board member is attracted to that mission, though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not com- it's not unrelated. It's the people who want to go and give just money and not Jesus are going to go to that organization because people who want to give people Jesus, people who want to make sure that the youth of America have Jesus, would go and do a Christian mission. They would mm-hmm. give a they would give their money and their time to a Christian organization. So right. there's there's something attractive about the fact that that organization is not explicitly Christian and that matters. And that's why the fruit of that board member's decisions 
indicate non-Christian values. And that, and I'm just, I just want to be very clear that, you know, if a person goes to the website and they're offended by Christian beliefs about sexuality, I also went to that charity's website and I was completely offended by their godless belief in their own ability to relieve to children. Good. Yeah, to yeah. relieve children of poverty and as if that's actually going to do anything in the long run because Jesus says that it it's like gaining the whole world and forfeiting your soul. That's what I get from these people, that they're encouraging children to gain more of the world and lose their souls. And I don't really want to throw our pearls there, you know, even for a full fee gig, even for even for some attaboys and some thank yous and, you know, it's like, no, it's not worth it. And if you think that it's just, if you think that LGBT <laughs> articles are offensive, well, let me tell you what I think is offensive. <clears throat> so, so how are we going to, uh, how are we going to come off? Oh, I know how we're going to come off. Mm-hmm. Right, Luke? I mean, what are they, what are, what are folks going to say about our, what are they, what are they going to say about Joe Brady? Which folks? Which actual Christian people? No. What are the people? What are the people in these organizations that we oh, turned down? I don't care. They started it. They declared that <laughs> they you're a bad it. person. It's I like, asked Luke, not you. I knew what no. you were going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you angry pregnant I think, woman. I think you can do it respectfully. I'm saying, like, I'm sorry that your mission does not reflect my values or my God. Right. Right. But you have to mm-hmm. say it. If they are the first to come forward and be like, oh, man, we would love to have you, but then it turns out we found this thing on your blog and it's, you know, it, it's anti-LGBT, mm-hmm. then your response is automatically, um, it, it's automatically respo- or, uh, responsive to what they said. Like, you can't, it's not like when they call, they're, you're starting the conversation. Right. Like, they've already started the conversation. Right. So, so that's, that was my question. What is our, what is our stance? Are we, are we going to draw a line and say that unless you are explicitly a Christian organization, we are not interested in working with you? Well, no. Like if theaters call and they're like, we just want him to come and do a show for a generic audience because we're gonna it's fun like you know you're gonna go and do a a, um you're gonna go and do a state you're gonna go and have a stage and it's gonna be people going out for date night or they're gonna have an evening out and it's just entertainment in in a theater yeah in a theater or whatever it's just you you think there's gonna be date night opportunities in non- no, no, no. I don't mean date night like what now brand is branded in Christian churches mm. as date night for the church people. I mean like people are actually just going to go out like they would go to the movies mm. or something to a theater. I don't have a problem with being entertainment. I don't have a problem with like them saying this is purely a business deal. We want to make money. We like your we think you're funny. We think you're going to be able to help us sell tickets, so you're going to come in and we'll pay you. That's different than Hey, will you come and partner with us for this mission of ours? Right. For this organization. And it's like, what organization is it? What kind of nonprofit is it? Is it explicitly Christian? Are you are you giving glory to God through this mission? And if you're not, then I'm sorry, I can't do that. It would actually be wrong of me. Right. I'm forbidden by the scripture to do that. So what I, I think that I'm trying to imagine a for lack of a better term, neutral 
uh, organization or venue. It, 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 remember, it was the theater people that canceled me. It was, no, it was a nonprofit that ministers to youth who like to do theater. It was for, it was after school programming. It was for um, a club, a series of clubs that was a 401c or a 501c th- uh, nonprofit. Well, my stance on LGBT is going to make it very difficult for theaters to call <laughs> and, and bring me in. No, it's not. <clears throat> it's not when they are just trying to make money and they're not trying to make a statement. Because there's a unique. There are other comedians who are not as overt in their beliefs who are a bigger draw than I am. Right. They, they can get. Regardless, without boring Carl with the details of which types of theaters you have a theater. Carl is that you're intensely doing. interested in everything we you're talk about. You're doing a theater in April that mm-hmm. you've done multiple times that's local, that's, that's in northern Indiana that you've oh, done. Oh, yeah, many, yeah, many yeah, times. yeah, yeah. That is not explicitly a Christian ministry, okay? Well, it's in the, it's in the middle of. Amish it's country. Not, oh my gosh. It's so hard to get. It's not Broadway. It's so hard to get somebody who grew up like in the 60s and 70s when everybody was just kind of default Christian. It's hard to get them to understand. You are you don't get credit. I'm not dumb. You don't get credit for being a Christian if your ministry is not Christian. And so, but this it's not a ministry. Like it's a business. It's a small mom and pop shop hmm. business they got a store they okay. got several stages okay. they want to make money the draw to that theater is not here come and help us make the world a better place it's just come be entertained enjoy yourself it's pure it's consumerism but also i don't have a problem with people spending their money to have a good time sometimes right. so there there's a difference between that and hey we're gonna start this group that because we feel bad for children who don't have anywhere they can express themselves with the arts and we love the arts and we're going to ask for donors and you know donations from the public because we have this really important thing we're doing that needs to be supported and that is a different model and if you're going to call me up and you're going to brag about how you're doing all this great stuff and the pitch to me is not hey we've got money for you <laughs> the pitch to me is well you know you want to <laughs> it's be, a good cause yeah, and we want you to support good our cause. good cause then I'm, you're going to go you're gonna be like, are you christian right and then you're going to say pound sand there's exactly one pound good sand, cause pagans. in the world and that is to glorify god and enjoy him forever as the chief end of man and if that is not your cause it is not a good one and <laughs> And we will not be and a so part of no, it. so, no, thank you. And may your filthy lucre perish with you. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm tired of people. There, It's pride. I'm, I'm tired of people wanting me to congratulate them for, for being so important and for doing such amazing, such an amazing job, you know, relieving poverty or whatever. Right. And, and we're, we're especially sick of them going, gosh, darn it. Now we can't use you. We, we do not approve of you. You are not acceptable right. to us. In our mission. Because you're going to tarnish our wonderful reputation that we've built apart from the creator of the universe. Right. Like, yeah. And the fact is that I have, done, I am, all of the work that I do is eternal and your work is going right. to burn up. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and not just that, it's not just that it doesn't matter or that it's perishing, but like it's actually harming. Like I can make right. the case that, that I have to undo the work that these people are so blithely, happily, you know, proudly doing when they throw money at these kids because then these kids grow up thinking that they deserve 
huge groups of board members and, and donors in their corner, helping them get their hands on the mammon, you know, and, and it's harder to reach them with what they really need, which is spiritual help and emotional truth, help. Right. Yeah. Truth. Right. They need to be told that all of their ideas are not good ideas. And Kids who have been institutionalized, kids who have gone to theater camp on scholarship because they're inner city and mm-hmm. very needy. They are not kids who are very receptive to, you know, anything, to teaching, to, to good, solid help. I mean, it's it's an uphill battle the more they've been, quote, helped by board members like that dude. I know. I've personally talked to people who have this massive entitlement because they've got board members running around making sure they never have to hear anything about how some sex is bad sex. Oh, gosh. Gosh. I remember thinking about... I remember thinking that I had actually accomplished something when I did those workshops at that theater thing. It's like, those people actually like me. I got along and we had a well, good time. And, it, and it's like, so I've really made inroads for the kingdom. And, well, and on the individual level, who's to say? It's possible that, you know, one or two of the actual students heard a line or heard, you know, an illustration that's really stuck with them. And they probably won't even remember your name, but it's possible that... You know, 50 years from now, they'll say, I don't know, one time I was at camp and I heard this guy say blah, blah, blah. And it actually stuck somehow. Like, there's, I have no doubt that that's possible. It's possible that seed found fertile soil. Sure. That that at least one concept of one, you know, idea is now germinating um, for a kid and that God will put a bunch of other stuff together too to kind of connect those dots. But as far as the organization itself, no, I do not want to help you. Make it harder to reach people <laughs> for with the people gospel. to find God. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that, and it's it's getting very pernicious. Like more and more and more, there are examples of people who have gotten all the material help that you could possibly want. Like all the, it's kind of how I feel when I hear teachers complaining about how they're underfunded in their classrooms. I just want to scream. In Indiana, they're getting ten thousand dollars per student. I'm homeschooling my I don't children know how they make it. on like five hundred dollars <laughs> per student per year. Like it is not the money. It's not the money. And actually, the more money we're throwing at it, the worse we're making the problem. Because we think, cases. well, we're throwing money at it, right. so everything should be good. They're getting like laptops, and you know, all of them can take home tablets, and they've got all of this, you know, technology. Oh all they're, my gosh! All they're doing yeah. is using it to look at things they shouldn't be looking at. You know, stuff. It's just, it's horrible. <laughs> but I think to myself, yeah, the more, like, the more you're asking me to help you with the financial part of things, the more I know that you don't have your head on straight. We are not heading in the same direction because um, I can accomplish more with less. I do accomplish more with less money. But, but with more Jesus, with more Holy Spirit, like the one thing that I can't do right. is be God. And the one thing that these organizations can't do is change hearts. But they can help point, point people in that direction if they're explicitly Christian and not proud of their own just financial accomplishments. So right. that's where I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Could you make that more clear? <laughs> Well, yeah. now, I, you know, I was tempted. Uh, I'm tempted is not the right word, but I thought about um, lateraling this to, because uh, one of the other comedians 
Mm. Did you see his comment? Yeah. His comment was, wow, that's a, that's too bad that that happened to you. So they're looking for an entertainer, huh? <laughs> and I oh, thought, you was, know what, I could say, I know he was joking. He's trying to be funny. I know he was joking. But I thought, you know, I could recommend him. And then I thought later, uh, as I thought about it more deeply, it's like, well, that wouldn't be correct because I don't believe in this cause anymore. And well, so, and also, if you were to recommend him, they might, like you might tarnish i don't think this guy realizes that you now uh, have a that i'm toxic yeah you have a black spot yeah. and so <laughs> if you recommend somebody that's gonna they're gonna have to check him out and it's gonna have to come with a grain of salt and all of that stuff so but yeah i i feel the same way about fellow entertainers too that i feel about organizations it's like we we can be friends if you know if we're just clear about what the terms are and if the terms are just hey we're trying to be funny and to make money. Okay. But if we really want purpose, and everybody really wants purpose at the end of the day, if we really are serious about having purpose, well, then let's have com- let's have convictions that we're actually not willing let's to compromise. Let's have some standards. Because that board member has convictions. That board member seriously, firmly believes that it is... A, you know, a deal breaker for you to talk bad. For me to about think differently about the right. LGBT than he does. Right. Yeah. It's a deal breaker, which is why he broke the deal. So I think it's time for Christians to, to have, have deal, deal breakers. breakers. It's time for you to re- realize, like make some statements about what it is that you will not tolerate. Even, even the pagans are saying well, we're we don't already, tolerate intolerance. We're anymore. already being told that. We're already we're already being told that we are that we're divisive and that we're bigoted and that we exclude people, um, so that's already right. what we're being accused of. Um, right. In in this case, ironically, I was not the one that did the excluding. No, but you will. That is how it works in his head. Like that guy really does think you are the reason that the show fell through. I'm the divisive one. Right. I'm, you, it's because of your blog that you lost the show. Right. John. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I will be blamed a hundred percent for all of the all of the bad stuff if if this was bad. Right. Um, well, and and that's why I'm saying I relish the opportunity to just explain or at least float you know, float it out there to some board members. No, actually, your organization is the reason this isn't going to work. You're actually on trial like, here. You don't get to be the default good guys in every situation and and just, you know, march all of the performers past your eyeballs to see which one makes the cut. Like, we're right. judging you too, and I've found you wanting. Well, the fact is that if I had spoken, if I had been the comedian, there would have been there would have been truth coming out of me and it would be it would be a better show than probably what they're going to get with whoever they book instead. Uh, they don't yeah. know that. Well, better, yeah, better in the kingdom sense. That's it would what I have mean. been better. That's yeah, what I mean. There would have been actual... I am the go-to guy at the uh, Peru <laughs> Hospital Association. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean... They have called me several years running now, mm-hmm. and I don't even think that they believe that there are other comedians out there. I am the I guy. I don't think they know of any of them. No, but well, I. We didn't have to say that, but <laughs> I do think that there are there are going to be a lot of Christians who are going to have a bit of a crisis of their own when they have to think about this, but. Like working in a hospital is one example, and I think that Luke probably had some of this 
maybe a few years ago, maybe when COVID started, COVID where that. it was like he entered into the healthcare system. He he wanted to become a member of the healthcare, you know, team because mm-hmm. he knew that he was going to use it to glorify God, and he mm-hmm. thought that that was a noble profession. And at some point, though I'm not exactly sure what the point was, he had to recognize that. Oh, these people they're, don't have the same yeah. grounding that I have. Yeah, they're not on his team necessarily. Right. Like, yeah. and I never once that happened, I never put the other foot back in. I would leave in a heartbeat if I found something better. Something. Ooh, it's on record and everything. Oh, I would. I, yeah, yeah. I'm saying there are a lot of people out there who think that their job is closely related to their. Um, identity in Christ because they went into their profession with good motives. And I'm not saying that that is wrong. I'm just saying we need to take a look around. The system is corrupt. And make sure that your fellow soldiers are actually soldiers because the only, the only fellow soldiers you actually have are your brothers in arms with Christ. Right. Like your family in Christ is the only, the only group of soldiers actually marching in the same direction you are. And just because some other soldiers happen to fall in line sometimes does not because they happen to give coats to kids at Christmas time. Right. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you guys are on the same team or they give shots or they, you know, reset broken arms and stuff like that. Like I work with some wonderful people and a lot of Christians. Yes. And that's, but that throws people off because it used to be that if you had like a majority of Christian coworkers, like this happened in, in schools you know, mm-hmm. teachers would be like, well, our school is actually schools. a good school because really all the Christians or all the teachers are Christians and even our principal's a Christian. Right. All of this stuff. And I'm like, listen, this is no longer about your individual coworkers and where they go to church. It's not. It's about the actual organization, the culture of the mission of the actual organization. Right. You got to start thinking at least statewide, if not nationally, um, that, yeah, that it, I was thinking about schools and teachers and how that is a noble profession. And mm-hmm. and it's automatically, among older people, it's just, well, that person's a teacher. They must be a good person. Right. And they everybody is ex- ex- of that particular ilk is oblivious to the number of teachers that, that are like drunk and on drugs mm-hmm. and uh, molesting children and they're just right. they're, well, they're not okay. And again, even even that, like even if that was super rare and you only had one of those per you know million teachers, it's I'm not asking what do your individual friends right. I, believe. I get it. Is it. The system is the problem. Right. And, and even, and that was the other thing that I was going to say, that you've got good teachers in the public school. You've got Christian teachers in the public school. Right. But the public school is still corrupt. And and overall, it is not there to glorify God and to, right. and to make no, little disciples. No, the stated mission is we are here to be neutral. And right. that was basically what I saw right. on the website. I, I want to make it very clear. There was nothing on this website that made me declare that these people are doing harm that was like, we we affirm gay kids. We, yeah. It didn't, it didn't even say that. No, I know. It, it's, it's very, very careful and very well-crafted to be... Right. To be as inclusive and non-divisive as possible. And non-descriptive. Like, right. it's doing its best to you be, have, like, vague. Right. You would have no idea that they just canceled me for my views on LGBT stuff. Right. But <laughs> you that's would have no idea reading their website. That's the red flag. Like, right. as far as I'm concerned, being vague because you don't have 
any spine when it comes to Christian values, when you're not being object like completely full-throated Christian, then I don't want to have anything to do with you because it's clear that you spend a lot of time and a lot of energy trying to be wishy-washy and appeal to the wrong kinds of I believe the word is winsome, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Winsome. They're being winsome. They're making friends. They're they're trying to... I'm not interested in all of that. And it's the same with the public school. And I know we've talked about this before. When you go and you teach in a system that is intentionally trying to keep God out of the curriculum, Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're teaching your students it is possible to be a really smart person who doesn't believe in God. Right. That's what you're doing. It's humanism. Humanism is all about just doing good things and being a good person without God. Right. Without any acknowledgement of a divine driver for that thing. Right. And it's one thing to have some teachers, and I know of a few who are trying to be subversive, who know full well that what they're doing can and will eventually get them fired because Mm -hmm. they're they're bucking the system, but it's completely a different thing when you're a board member who's proudly upholding the, you know, the values of your supposedly neutral organization when neutrality doesn't exist. It's not neutrality wouldn't allow you to cancel John Branion because a neutral person doesn't care if he says a different thing than right. you believe about LGBT issues. So it's not right. neutral. <laughs> no, it's not neutral. And and I don't think that they would say that they're neutral, but they would say, like we said before, they would say that they're the good guys. But he, this board member will be applauded for standing up to hatred and bigotry. And he, nobody in that organization is savvy enough to go, wait a minute, we're the bigots here. We're the ones, we're the ones who canceled you know, we're the ones who shut him down. But in, in their minds, because they've been distorted and deceived, they are, we have done a really good thing. We have, we have, we have championed the, uh, the underdog because that, that guy, that comedian that we almost hired, you know, he's got, I'll bet you there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people <laughs> that read his blog. <laughs> and, and all of those people are opposed to us. They just have no idea that uh, that nobody reads my blog. And even if they did, um, most of the people would probably be on this charity side if they found out that I got canceled. Because I know for a fact yeah. that there are several <laughs> there are several self-professing Christians who have said, well, you know, you kind of brought this on yourself, John. Yeah, but I genuinely... <laughs> and to a point, that's correct. I, I did bring it on myself. I knew when I left that stuff up on my blog that it was potentially going to create some uh, ruffled feathers because it's created ruffled feathers in the past. Right, but it's the old people. I genuinely think it's the tide the is people. turning. Like, I think that my kids' generation appreciates forthrightness and honesty and, like, Con- conviction and, and confidence in your convictions more than they appreciate the your kids wisdom. do yeah. but other kids their age no i think that their generation is getting sick of of the old version of what morality looked like to of what the pharisaical morality of the 80s 90s and early 2000s looked like i think they've they see it for what it is which is just virtue signaling and they're like yeah it's hypocritical it's not I mean, every generation likes to tear down what the people before them did, and I think right now what the what the previous generation did was they built this like this absolute pride in their um, tolerance in their and goodness. in their unity mm-hmm. and in all of that. And so yeah. then kids coming up, the next ones they see right through that. Any talk about 
inclusivity and unity and how we can all just get along. They know that it's, first of all, inconsistent, that you can't uphold it. And second of they all, do. that's just what old people say well, when they, they want you to think they're a good kids, person. These must be kids that are too young to even be online right now. Because they don't put it into words. But like, okay. How many people showed up when I when I made my little snarky comment about that, that guy who said that we, you know, love for all, tolerance for all, respect for all. And I made my comment and every single one of those people they're bots me. like most of them are <laughs> seriously not even english speaking like human beings they're just <laughs> algorithms they i'm serious okay the racism we're we have to set we're over time but the the stuff about racism and like white fragility and like you know white privilege and all of that stuff it's dead it's done it's gone like already yep. I, I that didn't a, last long i have a dei meeting in january yeah with who like 60 year olds right no, no. people in hr like get a business because it takes a long time to turn the tide dei of a, is still a thing in, totally in thing. businesses i'm talking about people who like are going to, i'm talking about the next generation of customers like the people who are actually supposedly being catered to they're speaking up now and they're like this is stupid like when we have Teachers now going on TikTok and saying something about, you know, how you should talk to your friends and how, you know, DEI stuff they learned in their meetings. Portland, Portland just passed a thing in their public school where now teachers, before they can, they're not using the word punish, but before they can take some sort of actions to, uh -huh. they, they have to consider the race and the socioeconomic And what did the standards. comments say? Did you go and read the comments? Mm -mm. I'm telling you, there were we comment after comment after comment of person saying, I'm black. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm black and I'm sick to death of white business people coming up with things they think we need to hear. I'm black and I, I wish all of this stuff would just go away. I've got friends of all colors. We played just fine until the DEI people came in and started screwing things up. I'm telling you, they're speaking out and they're saying... We're done. We do we do not want this. You're not doing it for us. You're doing it for yourselves. It makes you feel good, but I'm not going to let you feel good about it anymore. Well, and but we're not going to do shows for those people either unless they are anti-DEI because of Jesus. I don't know. Well, <laughs> how's your puzzle over there, Luke? Oh, I'm killing it over here. <laughs> Luke has actually assembled half the puzzle while we were... He's doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah he's doing I pretty I make good. puzzles and babies. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.